Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and what's next. It's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration. Collaboration can inspire community and communities create social change. I'm David Peck and this is Face to Face. So my next guest is Kyle Thrash, and we are talking about his compelling and moving and deeply unsettling new film, The Sentence of Michael Thompson, ultimately quite hopeful as you're going to find out. It's a short that had its Texan premiere at the South by Southwest Film Festival in the not-so-distant past, and hopefully will be coming to a festival and eventually to VOD in the not-so-distant future. This is a movie you're going to need to see, and I do hope you enjoy the conversation that Kyle and I have. And we talk about social justice, we talk about injustice, we talk about a, a, a criminal system that is deeply impersonal. And some of you might sort of roll your eyes, well, isn't that what it's supposed to be? And and, and I think you're going to need to listen in and find out why uh, things like why it's so hard to get clemency, why it's so uh, political, why clemency is based on convenience. We're, we talk about lawyers that are superheroes and tragic ironies. We talk about Michael and his life and how he's been able to hang on to you know, something called uh, hope. We talk about a messy criminal system that is, again, uh, seems to be slanted towards a particular way of seeing the world that is unjust and broken, it's dysfunctional, and in many cases, deeply ideological. We talk about something called the Last Prisoner Project dot uh, org. Actually, that's the website, but uh, hopefully that'll help you remember it forevermore. But it's the Last Prisoner Project, and the website is that uh, phrase dot org. Uh, find out uh, about the implications of this uh, in this film, this story, Michael's uh, story and its impact and, and how you might be able to get involved. We talked about, you know, Michael's uh, strength of character and his tenacity and his humility and, and his ability to, uh, to, to carry on and to see and live his life uh, through others. We talked about safe communities and what that actually means and about this notion of washing uh, your heart. How wonderful is that? So stay tuned, not only for the conversation, but we're going to watch uh, the trailer together as well. And for uh, more about the work that I'm doing here on Face to Face, head to facetofacelive.ca or davidpecklive.com. It's really the same place. And you can buy a copy of my book, Real Changes Incremental there. More importantly, I'd, I'd, I'd love for you to, to sign up for our newsletter. Sign up 
for uh, our podcast, where you listen to podcasts, wherever you do that, subscribe on your RSS feed. And please, if you get a moment, we would so appreciate a review. Take a few minutes to leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever it is you're hanging out on the net these days. YouTube, if you're watching us there, you can uh, give us a thumbs up and uh, subscribe as well. We would really appreciate that. And uh, stay tuned for a uh, engaging conversation with Kyle, uh, talking about his new film, The Sentence of Michael Thompson. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We are joined by a very special guest here with us today. We have Kyle Thrash with us to uh, talk about his uh, compelling uh, new short, uh, The Sentence of Michael Thompson here on Face to Face. Kyle, thanks for uh, taking the time to, to, to spend with us here today. Yeah, thanks for having me, David. So co-director um, Haley Elizabeth Anderson, uh, we can find more out about you and the film at kylethrash.com. Is that right? Correct. We, we, yep. can, we, we can watch a little teaser there. Yeah. 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 We have, I have a little like teaser trailer up there and some stills about the film and, 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 and lastprisonerproject.com, you know, to learn more about, um, the, you know, the sentiment of the film and the, the nonprofit that kind of started it. Um, Behind, what's the, you know, same, behind hey, the story. Hey Kyle, what's the name of that nonprofit again? The last prisoner project.com. The last prisoner project.com. Thanks. We'll make sure we highlight that as well on, on the site. So coming off of South by Southwest, I hope you're feeling a little bit of a buzz. What, what, what can you tell me about this film for our viewers? It's, it's a short, of course it's wow. I mean, first of all, congratulations. And and thanks. thanks for, and thanks for making this film. It's it's compelling and moving. I was reduced to tears a couple of times. It's mm. how, how can you not be changed as a result of of hearing this man's story? Can can you give a bit of context for our listeners? Yeah. So Michael Thompson um, was given a forty two to sixty year life sentence uh, in nineteen ninety four for selling three pounds of cannabis. Um, he was given that sentence because he was considered her habitual offender. He had been in prison twice before for drug charges. But one of the things that they did was they they um, they found a, a gun in his house. And because he, was, uh, um, he had been uh, incarcerated before, he wasn't allowed to have any guns. Um, it was not on him during the sale of the, the cannabis. He sold the cannabis to his friend, who was a police informant. Um, and, um, and he was given this extremely long sentence at the time, the judge wanted to give him, uh, or there was a plea deal on the, on the table, but the for, for probation. So you, you look at the sentence that he was given 42 to 60 years <clears throat> and he could have gotten probation the judge denied it. She wanted to make an example out of him. And this was in, he was sentenced in 1996 and it's, it's really a, a sentence of the time, you know, it's, um, you know, it's something that during that period with the, uh, the three strikes you're out rule that was, was put in by, uh, by Clinton and, and Joe Biden had a big part of in creating, um, they basically wanted to kind of lock them up and, and throw away the key for a nonviolent charge, um, based off of his, you know, his previous convictions. Um, Again, the, the gun wasn't on him. They call that constructive possession when they find a gun somewhere else and they say, and they, but they, all the, you know, the prosecutor at the time tried to make it look like, you know, he was this guy that had all these guns and was, you know, was out there selling drugs and was violent, which was not the case at all. So, 
Michael had been denied uh, his uh, clemency twice before, and this was his last chance at clemency. So I got involved with Michael's story through Last Prisoner Project, uh, their nonprofit that basically says as weed begins to legalize around this country, that there are a ton of people still incarcerated for it, mostly nonviolent, over 40,000 people, um, that we need to look at them and make sure that they don't get left behind and, and are granted clemency and and are also given some social equity when it comes to licenses and are be able to partake in this legal cannabis, considering they're the ones that kind of built this industry. So our journey starts with Michael's clemency process. Um, I started talking to him in January 2020, got to know Michael, got to know his story. We, we connected on our first phone call and our journey follows him through the year of the clemency process, talking through his through the lens of his daughter who's fighting for him and his lawyer, Kim, who's trying to get him out. And it's a yeah, 25 minute film kind of about looking at what it takes to get a man out of prison and also um, as weed begins to legalize, what are some of the steps forward that we can that we can take um, and, and and a bit of how we got here. But obviously, the war on drugs has lasted for decades. So it's 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 something that we we're kind of just trying to keep it a short film that kind of just talks about his clemency application um, and kind of, again, uh, legalization moving forward. So, yeah, that's our that's our film. I mean, so many, so many questions, so many places to go with this and the outrage as you watch a film like this and you, you see Michael on, on screen and at his parole hearing for me, the, the line of um, the, the, whoever was running that zoom call and Kim, Kim calls it out, you know, Hey, let's keep it to five minutes, each person. Like, I mean, obviously a very uh, uh, intentional choice on your part to leave that in the film. I mean, the absurdity, yeah. the tragic, tragic irony of that. How do we hold the system account? Can we even hold the system account? The three, three strikes, you're out rule, the, 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 the presupposition and the assumptions that are made you know, going in the, the, the prosecutor who, or whoever decided to put the gun with the marijuana in the photos. I mean, what's communicated through that. I mean, all these things, right. Can we hold these folks to account or the system in some way? And I guess that's what you're kind of asking with this film beautifully. I mean, there's so many things going on in the film, but anyway, I just wondered if you had some thoughts on that. I mean, I, I, I I come away from, from watching the film kind of angry. Yeah. It's a, um, it, it obviously has some uh, has a positive resolution at the end, you know, in terms of um, the ending. But, um, yeah, the, the people, you know, the, the powers that be were have, a, you know, have a, a lion's share of the blame of, of how of, of why Michael spent 26 years incarcerated for this particular offense. And what what I found um, pretty powerful was, you know, in the film, we see. Dana Nessel, the acting attorney general of Michigan, come out and support his clemency, something she doesn't do, hasn't done before. And that was like, you know, when you're making a when you're making a film, you're and you're trying to get, you know, you're trying to help Michael, first help Michael, then also kind of, you know, following his story as a <clears throat> as a journalist and as a, a documentarian. Seeing seeing things like that happen are so meaningful because it it's showing you that you know, that their office is basically saying, Hey, we, we agree with you. Like we, this is, this is not who we are now. And you see 
the, the, the prosecutor, David Layton on camera speaking, you know, and, 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 uh, he wasn't the, he was, he was in the office. He was working for the state at the time. I don't think he was in the prosecutor's office, but basically saying that, you know, these crimes today, we wouldn't, we would, he wouldn't, right. he would barely get jail, jail time today. So basically saying like, we have moved on from this. We have, you know, changed. And um, so that was, that was really powerful, you know, to, to see that these people in power in Michigan, basically saying like, you know, we we're trying to recognize this now how you know yes with michael they have but it took it took tens of thousands of people writing letters making phone calls trying to gain their attention when you know we met with david late and again i just gave him a lot of praise but at the same time he was like oh well i didn't know about this until uh you know until until kim you know started calling my office meanwhile his name is on is on a bunch of the old papers right, so like right he had he was involved you know back back then and he he knew the parties now how many people come through his door and what he remembers, you know, is, uh, who well, can it, say, but you no, know, it's yeah, just, it just strikes me as so, um, and it's easy to point fingers. I get it, but it, it just strikes me as so transactional, you mm -hmm. know, where is the person in the prosecution? Where's the person in the system? And again, this is a bigger question. My son's reading 1984 right now. I mean, you know, a massive critique of, of the ideological impact of the big system, right? What does it actually mean to us on the ground? But here we're seeing it play out. Right. And, 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 and is, wow, you know, it, it's as if the key was thrown away. Okay, right. we're done with Michael. Boom, we got that one finished. Let's move on to somebody else. And I, I sort of get that in a way, but there's a, a big part of me that just I have I have trouble coming to terms with that. That 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 you know it took this many years, you know, to see a res resolution, a cl clemency given. Yeah, I, I yeah, and again that when you when you look at Michael's case and you feel that way, there's also again there's so many cases like my, well, Michael's 40, 40,000, as you point out. At yeah. The yeah. Um, so the fact that that's the way you feel about this and like, you know, you go to lastprisonerproject.com and you see so many other constituents that they're working with that have such similar stories. Um, it, it, it's troubling, you know, just to put it mildly. And, um, I think that, I think the, the difficult part of what I was trying to show the, what you mentioned with the time and, and just that, Kim Kim couldn't get through to the parole board for so long that it's just like it's so messy in terms of the their the uh, criminal justice system in terms of how slow it goes and it's just like this long slog. So I think that sometimes you need to you need to have these you know these campaigns of people writing letters, making phone calls to to gain their attention just on something for them to be like oh wow yeah this is wrong how did we not how did we forget about this person and there's just people in prison that they forget about michigan has the oldest prison population in the country and <clears throat> you know studies show that people age out of crime so michael when he was released was 69 years old um this isn't something Someone that was, you know, ever a danger to society and wasn't someone that, especially at that age, you know, he could have been, he could have been released decades ago. And that's what David Layton says. You know, he's, he's saying like, you know, looking at Michael's case, this isn't someone that we, that we feel like was, is a threat to, a, you know, our community. So why isn't he out of 
prison. And still, even then, when you get all of this praise, right? So Michael's in prison and he's hearing the attorney general, the prosecutor, David Layton, is, is on his side supporting his clemency application. It's still taking three months, six months. And he's still waiting, being like, that was six months ago. What's going on? Why are we, you know, sure. and just to get a parole hearing date, again, it was COVID and, and, and things were backed up, but it just, it's just such a slog. And that's what, that's what we try to show. And that, I mean, you can imagine what every day is like being incarcerated. I mean, you know, um, it, it's, it's, you know, six months waiting is, is an eternity. You know, was it was it was it Bianca who says uh, it's so beautiful that 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 you left this in the film, but hope hope is your number. Is that is that the line? Hope is your number. The, the, um, the lottery sequence talking about, uh, you know, that 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 expectation that, oh, you know, just sitting there waiting to see. And I just it's it's just so beautiful. Eh? How, how does a guy like Michael? How does Kim, how do you, how does anyone stay hopeful in this kind of a situation? And I'm so glad you've, you've aligned yourself with the lastprisonerproject.com, but also just, you just that quick shout out about writing letters about advocacy. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's worth rolling up your sleeves and stepping in. Yeah. We spoke to the Michigan cannabis caucus and they talked about how, um, how hard, like how hard it is to get clemency. Like they just don't mm. do it. And and it's what's really troubling is that a lot of times it's it's for political reasons, right? right. Like the governor, you know, um, it's like governors usually don't grant clemency to people until they are um, at the end of their term. Like they right. don't want to risk no you know, political like, capital involved. Exactly. Exactly. Like no, no risk at all. So like, think about that. Like, you know, they know that people should get out, but they're like, ah, oh, let's do it when it's convenient for us, you mm -hmm. know, like when it's convenient for us to look good. So it's, I mean, Kim, his lawyer is obviously, I think she's such a, a superhero and, <laughs> and is kind of this incredible person that is, is working on so many cases and is working on the Michael Thompson clemency project right now, where Michael is since he's been out been working on trying to get 13 other people uh, out of prison that he was incarcerated with. And, and Kim's working on that with him. And um, she, it's, I, I, she was down at South by with us and she had just lost a really big case on, on the Friday. And I was seeing her on Sunday mm. and I just see, I see her, you know, trying to celebrate kind of this, this beautiful, you know, we're there with Michael, it's beautiful, we're all together, but she, and she's just like, it's so hard for me because I just lost this case that was like so cut and dry. Um, and it's, and it's hard, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm in the, uh, I'm on the sidelines, you know, just kind of watching and she's, she's, the, she's playing the game. She's in there trying to get so many people that are wrongfully, you know, that have these long sentences and should be out. And, um, she, yeah, she loses hope a lot. And, um, so I think it's kind of, it's cyclical, right? Like you kind of, you have these good things and you feel good for it for one day or, you know, for a little bit of time. And then you kind of get brought back down when you, when you hear, you know, an, another decision from a judge denying, you know, something. So. Hey. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. 
For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It just hit me, you know, Kim as a superhero, and, and I, I thought of the line, the byline or log line, lawyers as superheroes. You don't you don't typically hear that about lawyers. Is there is there just not really that much incentive other than, of course, the, you know, the ethical human reasons for getting involved in something like this? Is there just not is it hard to make a living? You know, can, can you comment on that? I mean, I just like to encourage lawyers out there that maybe maybe there's room for some growth here, you know, uh, to yeah. be a little too mercenary. I don't know. Maybe that's just too mercenary. But but boy, you'd like to see more involved. Sure. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't say I can. I can really speak to like all lawyers, but I can speak to Kim. So my, so Kim got brought on, I believe, because Kim Kardashian gave her money. So wow, she was Kim Kardashian. I, I believe gave different law offices money to take on particular cases, and because of that, Kim was brought on for you know a, a small fee to to, to look out after Michael's clemency application. So. Um, you know, she attributes that and Michael attributes that to, to kind of helping. But yeah, there's no money in getting Michael out of prison. You know, right. Michael, like Michael didn't have any money to do anything. So like he couldn't hire someone like him. So it takes other people, you know, that people stepping up to kind of to kind of help. I think it's so um, ironic and I don't know who it was. It might have been David, the lawyer, but talked about the safety of the community. I mean, mm -hmm. isn't isn't that what eventually leads to Michael getting out? It's that it's that community of people who cared, right? Who sure. were willing to step in, who mm -hmm. were willing to write the letters to, you know, to, to, to the, the, the <laughs> oh man, the <laughs> moment of of the cell phone call with with Kim and I forget the mm -hmm. other woman's name, but talking about getting put on hold and and not being able to get through, you know, to the parole board and so on. Just these little bits of business that just mm -hmm. treat treat me like a human being for crying out loud. Like how yeah. hard does this have to be? Yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're speaking about community, um, and, and you, and you brought up that the moment about the timing, um, at the parole hearing, more people, you know, they had said more people showed up that to that public hearing than any, than they had ever seen in history. Like they, it was, wow. it was incredible. So many people coming to speak out about Michael's sentence and, and wanting to get their voice heard and saying that this was an injustice. Um, which I think just speaks volumes to Michael's story and the injustice at hand and, and, and how it, and how it resonated for so many people to want to take time to come and speak out that, yeah, the, the, the amount of time everyone is usually given is five minutes and it was cut to two minutes. And you hear these people s saying like, you know, one, one person says, you know, I'm, I'm 25 years old. So this sentence is, 
is like my whole life. It's, it's, it's whole, like can't even count, can't even calculate. You know, like can't even it's, comprehend. It's it's incomprehensible, right? It's right, like right. who was it? I think it was some. Um, a Chinese uh, president years ago said, you know, the death of a million people is a statistic, but the death of one person sort of matters. I mean, I'm, that's a horrible paraphrase, but at right. a certain point you get beyond a number and you go, I, I don't even know what that means anymore. 26 sure. years. Sure. I, I, Michael's quote, uh, quote, I can't believe this today. It feels like I'm in a dream, uh, but I'm happy. It's finally over. Like there's a, there's a generosity there that almost makes me want to break down in tears, you know, mm. I, that, that, that this man was able to overcome so many odds that you and I will, uh, you know, and challenges that we'll never know, hopefully mm. uh, in any yeah. way, shape or form. And right. it's, it's truly, truly mind boggling. I'm fascinated by his hope and his desire and the passion of this community for something else and something other. Yeah. So, you know, obviously so much of what we're talking about here is kind of um, this, this, the injustice that was given and, and what makes it um, worth talking about and worth um, worth making a, a film about, worth making a film about, worth putting a microscope to and trying to understand how did this happen? How is this still happening? What can we do to get them out? But then let's talk about the, the, the type of man Michael was of what you were just, what you were just saying. I mean, here's a man that, you know, um, uh, was a community leader, you know, was someone that was looking after his family. Um, Michael grew up in, in, in Michigan. He was, he was, uh, uh, he was raised, uh, pretty poorly, you know, um, and had a, a pretty tough upbringing and he always wanted his family to have more than what he had. And, uh, the community loved him. You know, the, he was, he was someone that, but, that, that people liked Kyle, him around didn't he get the key, key to the city. Yeah. So he led a gang walk, you know, he brought all these guys together and saying, we need to, you know, we need to work together here and let a gang walk. And Flint was given the key to the city by the mayor was given an NAACP award. Um, I mentioned his previous offense. He was working at GM when he got back, they liked him so much. They gave him his job back right again. You know, I mean, this is someone that, that he's, he's hasn't, he has incredible character and, um, speaking to him and what you were just saying about kind of um what someone has to go through i mean in while he was also incarcerated he he led a men's group where men would come and speak about their feelings and he would he would talk about washing it would it would come and wash your heart and mm -hmm. he would say that there wasn't a lot of space for that in that type of environment for these men to come and and speak and he said he would he would um sometimes just um hug these younger you know younger men and it would it, it's almost be like a parental figure to them and say it's okay and he's he said you know his, his friend spoke to me on the phone about he's like you've never i've never seen anything like this before or after this man it was like these guys would come and be able to speak about their trauma and what they've gone through and and michael was kind of creating a space for that when george Floyd was murdered. He Michael led a a a memorial luncheon for him for anyone in, that was in in prison to come and and speak uh -huh. and and be able to express themselves about what happened. This is incredible, you know. Just someone that was always kind of you know leading and and and, stayed, and gathering stayed, stayed, and stayed positive, found meaning through others. Yes, <clears throat> and wanting to kind of uh, be a source of of guidance. Um, yeah. Um, 
So uh, it, it just I don't, I don't know how you don't, yeah. I don't know how you don't go cynical, <laughs> you know, right. I, I would imagine the spiral well, downwards can come pretty quickly behind bars. Well, our phone calls, you know, our phone calls definitely varied in emotion. There'd be, there'd be days where we would, we would talk, you know, I was, um, it was all through COVID. So we would have these, these long conversations and, you know, short 15 minute phone call restrictions, you know, that we would have. And, um, they ranged from, you know, talking about how he loved fishing and, and how he loved, um, uh, tomatoes was his favorite thing to eat to <laughs> how, how could someone who murdered someone come into prison and be let out before me. Right. Like, so like anger, just like, how could the judge be give, give me such a long sentence when, you know, I'm seeing these, these people that have, you know, um, that have hurt people that have committed serious acts of violence come in and out of prison while I'm still here for, for selling cannabis. Yeah, just, it, so. make, it make, it makes no sense at all. There's a, there's a line at the end of the <clears> film and, and I don't know who it is, but referring to this gateway, this drug is really a gateway to mass incarceration. And that, I mean, I haven't heard the phrase war on drugs, you know, being Canadian, we don't hear it quite as often for sure. But at the same time, it's, it's something that's, you know, pretty present in the news or has been certainly. Um, it's, it's a little surprising to me that we're in the 21st century and we're still, you know, working through this issue. Can, can you talk a little bit as we get closer to wrapping up our time together here today, a little bit about that as we, yeah, yeah. Finish up. Um, cannabis is, yeah. Cannabis is still arrested at a rate than more all violent crime combined in the U S. So it is still as, as States, you know, deschedulize and, and, uh, excuse me, decriminalize, decriminalize and, right. and some become, you know, legal recreationally, um, you know, across the, the U S people are still being caught with weed. You know, we, we spoke to a police officer that basically was saying like, we were told do whatever it takes to get inside that car when, when they're pulling mm, people over. Interesting. So, you know, again, consent searches, all they need to do is say that they smell it. You know, if they see, if they assume that it's there, that they'll, that they begin to, you know, go after, go, get inside that car. So we, we spoke to, we spoke to Flint police officers that, and people in, in Michigan state police officers and County police officers that basically were saying that we, we was a, a tool basically in their tool belt to, you know, to go after people. And now it's not. And that, that took some time where people were, sometimes they'd still arrest people when it was legal and say, let the courts figure it out because of when it was, when it was just medically legal and not legal recreationally. So it's, it's, it's obviously been used as a, as a tool to, to target communities of color, you know, to, um, you know, to, to get people in the system and to, to keep them there. So um, obviously I'm hoping as hopefully what we're what we're going towards is weed being legalized federally which would then obviously end end most of this and then again we need to put the the foundation in, in place for as these as these communities that have been so devastated by the war on drugs that they're able to receive some 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 money that's coming in from the legal you know cannabis industry to to kind of help put these communities back together it really is quite remarkable. I just want to read, I'm, I'm pretty sure I got the right page here, lastprisonerproject.org. The, the, the homepage is change in green, which is lovely. Change is coming, fighting criminal injustice and reimagining drug policy. It's remarkable that 
that it can be so top down and so bottom up. You got the safety, you got the community working to get him out. You've got maybe a politician, a lawyer, judges working on language, you know, mm -hmm. whoever decided war on drugs, right? Using that kind of language, what a difference that's made, it seems to me. And it, you can, it sounds like we're arguing about in, in, you know, uh, in, in, in uh, insignificant things, but really it comes down to policy. It comes down to the little bits of business. It comes down to picking up the phone mm -hmm. and, 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 and treating other people like human beings, transformational versus transactional. And, and you know what? I just so love that. I love any film that gets me thinking about so many different issues, you know, and it's, it's again, Kyle, congratulations on the film. And um, can we just talk, wrap up by talking about kind of that last image, welcome home. Mm. I mean, isn't that really what it's all about? Not just for Michael, but for you and I and all of us, aren't we really, am I too much of an idealist here to say, isn't this why I do what I do with my podcasting and my interviews is about finding our way back home in some way, you know, mm. finding a place where we're, where we're welcome, where we're included, where we're loved and so on. And I just thought it was such a beautiful way to end the film. Oh, well, thanks for saying that. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, and I, I think, you know, for Michael, it was, you know, we started, we start the film obviously with, um, um, with his, with his granddaughter, uh, who's pregnant and is basically going to have, you know, his, his, his new, his new, his great grandson. Um, um, and, and, and the idea that, uh, that he's missed so much of their mm. lives. So to see all of them together in the generations, right. We're seeing sure. these kids run around and he, he hasn't seen these people and so, so, so most that's in some that he have, hasn't met before. So right. just to see everyone in the same room and to think about how it's, how this one sentence has kind of like a, um, like how you puncture a window, right. And it, mm. and it splinters it's splintered through all of their family, right? This, this, of course, this sentence, huge, yeah, and and what it's how it's impacted all of these. Again, a lot of these like extremely strong black women that are, uh, um, that that it's it's impacted them so much. Um, and just seeing all of all of them together and and these extremely resilient, strong people, it, I think it. I think it, uh, oh, yeah, I'm glad it had an impact on you because it definitely had an impact on me. Well, you made a very beautiful film about an incredibly tragic story that ultimately uh, is is super, super hopeful and, and rewarding. Uh, early on in the film, doesn't someone say, and it's I think it's his daughter, blessings always come on time. Is that right? Yes, that, that's that's yeah. his granddaughter. Yeah, his, Bianca, sorry, yeah. his granddaughter. Yeah, yeah. 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 It just I I feel like well, okay, it took twenty six years, but but you know what? It's not just about that. the The impact of this is is I hope and trust uh, Kyle. It's going to be global. It's a it's a beautiful film. We've been talking with Kyle Thrush today here uh, uh, about his new film, The Sentence of Michael Thompson. Check it out online, thelastprisonerproject.org for more information about how you can get involved. But Kyle Thrush. Dot com. Where, where are you heading next, Kyle, with the film? Uh, next up, um, we have the Atlanta Film Festival. We'll nice. be there. We'll be at the Athens Film Festival. Wow. And River Run Festival. Yes, those are the next three up on the uh, on the docket. 
Fantastic. I hope we can fast forward, fast forward a few years and I hope students are writing, writing essays about this. I hope this oh. changes policy, man. Seriously, it's incremental change. Sure. It's top down, it's bottom up too. And I, I love that you're, you're engaging. I hope uh, so many people through this uh, brilliant, brilliant story. Thanks, David. Yeah. I encourage your, your listening audience to check out lastprisonerproject.com. If there is a screening that happens that if they're able to go to any of these festivals, um, we'll continue to post on on kylethrash.com and there will be a website created, the sentence of michaelthompson.com. Um, we'll have a website for where they can go. Michael will be a lot of these screenings, which That's is amazing. Ex- it's extremely powerful to kind of um, see him at these at these screenings and speak um, about you know his experiences. So I'm hoping you know some of your listening audience can hopefully come out. Absolutely, you never know who's listening, and and I hope somebody's working on a screenplay. I would. I mean, that would be great. I'm sure Michael would love that. Oh wow, that's a that's a story story to tell. Kyle, thanks for your time today. We've, we've uh, enjoyed chatting with Kyle Thrash here today, talking about his uh, beautiful new film, The Sentence of Michael Thompson. Thanks, David. So there you have it. Um, in, interesting, engaging. I hope you feel the same way. Conversation with Kyle Thrash about his compelling new film. The sentence of Michael Thompson. Make sure you check out his site, but also thelastprisonerproject.org. Check out how you can uh, step in uh, and work towards step in, roll up your sleeves. Uh, hopefully, your sleeves are already rolled up to advocate, to write letters, to get involved in some way, to uh, make a difference in a very specific way. For more information about uh, the work that I do, davidpecklive.com, face-to-facelive.ca, sign up for the newsletter, um, find out more about what I do, uh, speak and, and, and the, the, the interviews and the events that I'm a part of. And also, please leave us a review online. Uh, we would so appreciate that. iTunes or Spotify. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to our, our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And it's been a real pleasure having Kyle on the show uh, this week. So many more uh, great interviews coming up with, with hot docs in the near future. We've got a tiff in the not so distant future. Lots coming up. And it's been great uh, being uh, with you here uh, today uh, on Face to Face. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.